as we continue to go through um, uh, the new stories, the old stories of the Old Testament. And like we've said this whole entire time, we don't use, this is not something we've always thought in the past that majority of people know all the stories of the Old Testament. But then we were getting to the point where we were realizing that's not true. And a lot of people have not heard of the stories of the Old Testament and they forget about them. And we, see how, we don't see how important they are to us on our daily life. Um, and I'm studying for Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel. I discovered, I don't think I've ever preached on the Tower of Babel that I can remember. And I've been doing this for almost 30 years now. So I, was, I, I can't remember if I have before, but I'm, I, don't, I don't know if I've done. Some of you all mark in the Bible if I've preached there before. So go ahead and let me know if I've preached there before. Um, I've preached somewhere before and someone said, you know, you did this three years ago. And I'm like, praise Jesus. Was I close? Amen. Uh, is, is I about right there or not? But... Um, but we're thankful, thankful that we get to do this. So today in Genesis chapter 11, I want to talk about listening. If you can remember back to when you was a child, or if you can't remember back that far, remember back when you had a child. And um, you always had the dilemma if you were going to listen to mom or not listen to mom. You had to make a decision. Am I going to listen to my teacher or am I going to ignore my teacher? Am I going to listen to dad or am I going to ignore dad? Or if you're a husband, are you going to listen to your wife or are you going to ignore your wife? You always had a decision. You always have a decision that you're going to have to make on what you're going to do to listen or ignore. This has been a battle for all of us our whole entire lives. There's some people we listen to. There's some people that we don't even give a chance, don't even give a shot. We just ignore them from the very, very beginning. You know, and this started um, at the very beginning with Adam and Eve. You remember that they were told what not to do, and they did that, what they was not supposed to do. So at the very beginning, they chose not to listen to what God had to say. But God gave um, Adam and Eve a job, a, a commandment to do. At the very beginning, and that commandment is in Genesis chapter 1 and verse um, 28. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the, the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So the very first commandment after don't eat of this tree um, then he said, I want you to go and multiply and fill the earth. And that's what they did. They, they did that very thing. But then we see last week when Tim shared with us about Noah and the ark, we see that all these people were destroyed and only people we have left now are Noah and his family. And we see in Genesis chapter 9 in verse 1, another commandment that the Lord gives Noah and his family. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Can you see God has a message? He had a message for Adam, and he now has the same message for Noah to multiply and fill the earth. So we have those two messages, that, that one message that we see that's going through the first 11, verse, 11 chapters of, of Genesis. And in between Adam and Noah, you had men and women who followed God. 
Majority of us think between Adam and Noah, you pretty much didn't have anybody that followed God because at the end they could only find Noah and his family who would even listen to God. But what I want you to see today that they were always a holy remnant. There was always someone listening to God, all even between Adam and Noah. The Bible says in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 1, um, verses 1 through 4, and if you're having a baby, man, we've had babies galore lately. If you've had babies, I want you to all just memorize this verse, 1 Chronicles chapter 1, 1 through 4, because this is where I want you to pick your baby name. All right? Um, Adam, Seth, Enosh. Last night, if you watched East Tennessee State, uh, we have a young man from our church that plays a tight end for them. They have a running back, and his name is Enosh. Man, I mean, they hit a home run on that name. I like that. So, Enosh, Mahalia, Jared, we got a Jared here, um, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah. So we see here these names are a list of people who, who walked with the Lord and lived with the Lord and knew the Lord between Adam and Noah. They paid attention and they listened to God. Enoch is the one of only two people, the other being Elijah, in the Bible who did not die but were transported into heaven to be with God. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 24 says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So Enoch was so close to God in companionship and walking with God. As he was walking with God, just God said, You know what? We're more close. We're closer to my house than yours. Why don't you just come home with me? And he took Enoch home with him that day. And that's what we see in this time, that there was people who listened to God. There was people who did not follow the ways of this world, but followed the ways of a holy God. And when Enoch was 65, he had a son named Methuselah, who lived to be the oldest person in the world, 969 years old. And he became the father of... Uh, he gave it, he had a son named Lamech, and then Lamech became, who had a son named Noah. So when one thing you see, Steve up there in the booth, he's an uh, engineer and he loves numbers. He started crushing, crunching some numbers last week when we were talking about this, and and I looked it up, and and he's right that Methuselah would have lived up to probably the week before the flood. So he was there when Noah built the ark. He was, he was there when, and when all that stuff was going on, but he was 969 years old. And you know what? If your son and grandson-in-law, grandson-in-law is built, grandson is building an ark, a good excuse not to help him is being 969 years old. <laughs> if you need an excuse, that'd be a really good one at that point in your life. But he must have passed probably maybe even a week before um, the week of getting on the, the ark. We have no idea. We're just guessing in that sense of that. But what happened is this. God had a message. His message was to go multiply and fill the earth. But what we want to see also, God not only had a message, but he always had his messenger. There was always someone from Adam to Noah telling the truth of God's Word. This is what God wants to do. He wants us to multiply and fill 
the earth. So not only did he have a mess, God have a message, God always, listen church, God always has a messenger. And I want to share something with you right now to get you a little bit excited about what we're going to get to in the sermon this morning is this. You're either in need of hearing a message from God this morning or you're in need of being the messenger of God this morning. You're in one of those shots right now. You're in one of those places. You either need to hear that Jesus saves or you need to be out in the world preaching that Jesus saves. That's where we need to be, and that's what needs to be happening in our lives today. So man here has a problem. The question is, am I going to listen to what the Lord says, or am I going to ignore what the Lord says? Man's figured out since the beginning of time that he thinks he can make it to heaven on his own. He doesn't need to listen to God. That he's figured out how to do it himself. You know what he's decided? That he is going to ignore God and he's going to figure this thing out on his own. He's going to ignore God and work hard enough where he don't need help to get in heaven because he's going to have his own way to get to heaven. A lot of people think we've, we invented that ourselves in the, two, in the 2000s. But it's not true. Ever since the beginning, people thought, that they could make it their, onto heaven on their own. And even, even um, Cain thought that he could do whatever he wanted to do. Even God told him what to do. He didn't have to listen to God. He could do it the way he wanted to do it. But it wasn't true. So we're going to see today the first attempt to get into heaven without God. The first attempt ever to try to jump high enough to get to heaven without God. The first attempt ever to build something tall enough to get to heaven without God. You wonder how that's going to work out, don't you? Let's read with me in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9 this morning. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Some of you are saying, how many do we got now? <laughs> and it came to pass... As they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there, and there confuse their language, and they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there's the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all of the earth. What went wrong with the very first attempt to make it to heaven without God? 
The very first thing that went wrong was this. They left God out of their lives. They left God out of their lives. Genesis 11 verse 4 says very simply this. And they said, come let us build ourselves a city. Who? Ourselves a city. And tower whose top is in heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole entire earth. Since the beginning of time, people have chose to leave God out of their lives. Why in the world would anybody choose to leave the creator of the universe, the creator of who you are, and the lover of us out of their life why do we think that we don't need him in our lives where did it come from the idea that we even had an option of not including God in our lives how in the world can we even have thought that we can even breathe without the one who has breathed upon us how in the world did it even come to a place where we thought we could live without him but the very first thing that went wrong here in Scripture is this. They left God completely out of their lives. And what happens is this. A disastrous end is assured when we leave God out of our lives. It ain't going to work, people. People have tried from the since the beginning of time to ignore God, to set him off the side and leave him out of their life, and it has not worked for one person. Why in the world do you think it might work for you? It just does not work at all. In building a city, it does not work. And even all that, we see throughout Scripture that it doesn't work in any place. Even for the farmer, it does not work. In Luke chapter 12, there was a man who, who started planting his seed and, and all this harvest was growing and he thought to himself, you know, the best thing I can do is this. I can tear down all my old barns and build bigger barns and I can just eat, drink, and be merry because I have everything I've ever needed. I have everything I ever wanted. There's nothing else I could possibly have in my life. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like I am so awesome I can pay eight bucks for for lemonade amen that's how good my life is right now you know what I'm saying I can do this I can handle this and he's saying I, I can just do whatever I want to do because I've arrived in this situation but the problem is is this in Luke chapter 12 and verse 20 God said to him fool this night your soul will be required of you your your whole soul your soul's going to be required of you tonight. And you know what? The barns, the new barns ain't going to help you. The bunch, a whole bunch of taters in the barn ain't going to help you. All the corn you can shuck ain't going to help you because tonight you're standing before the one who created you. And what are you going to say? It's impossible to believe today that you can successfully leave God out of your life. And even for the young guy who says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to this city, and I'm going to work these days, 
and I'm going to see some, some amazing things, and everything is going to be working out so great and amazing. But the Bible says in, in James chapter 4 and verse 14, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. You don't know. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. This room is filled with young people who have some awesome plans. Man, you've already decided where you're going to school. You, you know the direction that you're going. You know all these things. Man, it's the, bright, the future looks bright. But don't leave God out of those plans. Why? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears a little time and then vanishes away. Don't leave God out of your life. Because you'll never make it to heaven without him. The second thing that happened there at the Tower of Babel is they thought they were good enough to make it to heaven on their own. They thought they were good enough to make it to heaven on their own. I, I saw a picture this week that I got my attention. Um, it says, you're not good enough. You're better. And, and I really got excited about that picture because, you know what? We, we're struggling with some low self-esteem in our world today. That people just... Uh, I, I, I heard the other day, just in September Fest, a little girl's like, oh, he, he's, I'm not good enough for him. You know what? And I want to walk up to that little girl who thinks she's not good enough for the boy and say, you know what? It's not that you're not good enough. You're better. I, I want you to understand God has never made any junk whatsoever in his life. God has made you uh, fearfully, and you, he's made you in his image, and you are exactly how God made you. That's who you are. Maybe not like the jerk that you are, but how you look at least. You know what I'm saying? He's working on the jerk part right now, but the other part, he made you. That's how he made you, right? I didn't point that way at all. I was going this way. You know what I'm saying? But uh, people's toes are getting stepped on. Amen. That's what we're, we're here for. Amen. Right? But, you know, we, we need to pay attention. When you find somebody who don't think they're good enough for some boy or a boy not good enough for some girl, you know, don't let them live like that. that and, but, I, I mean, there's a lot of guys in our, we got a lot of people in our community that don't have a self-esteem problem. Um, uh, they think that they're the greatest thing that ever hit Louisa, Kentucky. And people tell them that and they agree wholeheartedly with them. You know what I'm saying? I agree, you know, I am amazing, you know, this is a, those people don't need help. They're already there, you know what I'm saying? They've, they've already got there. But I want you to read with me in Genesis chapter 11, verses 3 and 4. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole entire earth. I just want to share with you that it's important that we build our, our kids up and let them know how great they are. But I want to stop right there for a second. You have to be very careful. If you raise your kids in the sense that they have, will never make a mistake or have never made a mistake, what's going to happen is this. 
they are going to come to church and hear the preacher preach and the teacher teach that when you have sinned, you need your sins forgiven. But if you've explained to your kids that they're perfect in every way, what have they not done? Sinned. What do they not need? A Savior. So they're knowing people who have messed up. They've seen other kids that are faulty. They, they've seen other kids who have made mistakes, but they're just not happened to be one of those. So they realize other people need Jesus, but they don't understand that they need Jesus. So if you're raising your princess or your prince as if they never made a mistake, you're actually raising them to be able to understand that they don't need a Savior. So what we need to do in the most loving manner that we could possibly do is allow us, allow all of our children and our grandchildren and whoever else in our world to know that we've all sinned and came short of the glory of God. That none of us are perfect, that we all have made mistakes, and there's nothing wrong with that. Because there's only one who ever lived that did not sin, and his name is Jesus. So we need to be able to share the truth with our kids and not lie to them at all. My mom told me I was the prettiest boy in Louisa growing up. I still agree with her. You know what I'm saying? Especially after walking Septemberfest the last couple of days. Um, I really think I'm pretty up there, real high. You know what I'm saying? Joking, joking, joking. But, but the problem we have today is this. They thought that they were good enough to get to heaven on their own. You know what's happening in America today? And I want, I went, I'm moving from the younger generation to the older generation. And if you're a part of that older generation, I want you to pay attention to this for a second. I love you guys. You have worked harder than anybody we've ever known in our whole entire lives. Every one of us have a dad and a grandpa that never took a day off. My dad will not take a day off. He will take a day off the day I preach his funeral. He's not going to stop. That's what, he's going to, that's what he's going to do. And I am so thankful. Right now, my dad and my papaw both, both of my papaws, if you would have said, you know what, this is broken, we got to fix it. I don't care if it was the rocket ship or whatever it is. You know what my dad would say? We can fix this. Yeah. I can watch YouTube. You know what I'm saying? You give a 70-year-old man YouTube, he can fix anything. You know, you tell me something's broke, and I'm like, sounds like a personal problem to me, brother. You know, I don't know. Ain't nothing I can do about that. But our older generation thinks they're able to fix anything. And they work harder than anyone has ever worked. And they're smarter, they're stronger, they're, they're grittier, they have an ingenuity like no other. And that group is the hardest group in the world to tell them that they need to see Jesus and repent of their sins and believe the gospel. Why? Because I've always been smart enough, I've always been strong enough, I've always worked hard enough to do it on my own. And you're telling me I'm not? And it's hard for them to realize that they cannot lean on their own understanding, that they have to lean on God. So just like it's hard for the younger generation, it's hard for the older generation to repent of their sins and believe the gospel. 
So wherever you are, it's not anything that's easier for you or easier or harder. You know what? We all need to repent of our sins and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ today. And that's our desire. We cannot handle what the Lord, this world has thrown at us. We are not built good enough to fix it. If anybody can do it, we can do it. No, nobody can do it. No one is able to be strong enough to earn their own way to heaven. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. We have to let, we have to understand that the gospel is the message of salvation, that we can't make it to heaven, that God sent his only begotten son so that we could get to heaven by believing on him. We cannot earn our own way to salvation into heaven. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man would ever possibly boast in what he was able to do. The mistake they made is the same mistake that's been made today, is that they think they're good enough to get to heaven on their own. And they've never been anybody good enough to get to heaven on your own. You ain't going to be able to work hard enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You can't do it. You need Jesus Christ. Why else in the world did God send his only begotten son? If you could do it on your own, he'd have let you done it on your own. But you can't. So he sent Jesus Christ for us. So the question is this. As they built the, the Tower of Babel, did, did it work? Listen. The exact opposite of what the people wanted to accomplish happened. Have you ever noticed when we work against God, um, the exact opposite always comes out to what we want to happen? I want you to read with me in Genesis chapter 11, verses 5 through 9. But the Lord came down to see the city of the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they have, a, have a one language, and this is why they begin to do. To do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come let us go down and there confuse their language, and they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused their language and all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all of the earth. Um, they wanted to do one thing not listen to the Lord you remember what the the commandment was given to multiply and to fill the earth what did they want to do they were perfectly fine with the multiply part they just didn't want to fill the earth remember what they said lest we'll be end up scattered all over this whole world so what they said was this we'll multiply but we'll build us a ginormous city and we'll build a tower so high that we can just walk up that tower directly into the heavens and we won't need God we won't have to go into the uttermost parts of the world we can stay right here where we want to stay and do what we want to do and not have to listen to absolutely anybody those people sound just like our people today no different whatsoever they wanted to stay where they wanted to stay they wanted to live where they wanted to live they wanted to do what they wanted to do and they didn't want nobody telling them anything about anything but Listen, our disobedience to God is not ever going to stop God. 
If you put your foot down this morning and say, I don't care what you say, I'm not going to listen to God. You know what that's going to do? Nothing. It ain't going to stop the advancement of God. It's not going to stamp or stop the advancements of his kingdom. It's not going to stop the advancement of his church. It's only going to stop you. No other. We think we can stop God by ignoring him, but we cannot. Yesterday, these guys was building a building uh, uh, that would go up to heaven, and they was talking with everybody and and say, hey, man, you're doing all right. You know what? They was talking about how Texas beat Alabama. You know, when was the last time Texas beat Alabama? I don't know. I think Grandpa was a young baby, you know, somewhere. Um, uh, they, that's what they were talking about, you know, back and forth. Is the SEC dead? No, it probably is. You know, that's probably what they were talking about. Same thing we were talking about. But then this day, they woke up after God came down and saw what they were doing, and he confused their language, and they couldn't talk to anybody. They was walking up to somebody and started speaking to them. And that person was like, what are you saying? I don't understand. And, and you know, Eastern Kentucky people are like this. One of my favorite things in life is when I was overseas, I'd have people from Kentucky come to visit me. And, and, and what happened, the very first thing at the airport is when it got, it w was the funniest part. At the airport, there was little gypsy kids. And what they did was they wanted to get your luggage and take it to the car. Anybody here that did that with us can remember those, those times? There's a couple of, uh, of you, and you're just too shy to raise your hands. But you get, the, you get your luggage, and you have to take it from the airport to the car, which was not a long walk. was a, I don't know, a few hundred feet, something like that. And I gave them all a speech. I said, don't give the little gypsy kids your baggage. Because even though they only weigh 30 pounds, you'll see a 30-pound kid take a 50-pound bag and run faster than Usain Bolt. I mean, he, two. He stole one off. One little gypsy boy stole, stole one off another a lady in our in our community in our church, and she said, "Ain't you going to run after him?" I said, "I quit running after people a long time ago, sweetie." <laughs> Unless it has peanut butter in it. Does it have peanut butter in it? Um, if it had peanut butter, maybe I'll take off. Maybe not. You know, but I would tell him not to not just say no, no. That's it. No, thank you. And the Americans, I love this about us Americans because we have a feeling about foreign languages and it's true I would tell them to just say no thank you so the American would say no thank you but the gypsy had no idea what that meant you know he had no clue and this is how American translates no thank you no thank you <laughs> so if you yell English that's like another language to American oh now I understand that you yelled at me I now understand your language. You know what I'm saying? It's perfectly clear now. But no, they was talking back and forth, even yelling at each other, and they couldn't understand any language. I had people yell at me in Romania all the time. I said, I'm stupid, not deaf. I can hear you. You know, I just don't know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Um, no clue. But what happens is today, they were sitting there talking. They couldn't talk to each other. So they had to go find people that they could talk to. And then they finally found people that they could talk to and understand. So those people grouped up and made their own group. And these people over here who could talk to each other grouped up and made their own group. And what they ended up doing, these groups formed. And they went to the rest of the world and did what? Filled the earth. You know what God did? He got accomplished his will. 
You know what God's always going to do? He's going to accomplish his will if you fight or if you don't fight. If you want to do it or if you don't want to do it, it don't matter. God's will is going to get done. Let's be the people of God that he created and go ahead and do God's will and don't have to worry about it. And that's why we see his will is going to be accomplished no matter what. People multiplied and the earth was filled. John chapter 14, verse 6 says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. That's Jesus Christ. I hope and pray today that we all say, I believe that. I hope you believe that with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, that there is not no other way into heaven today but through the blood of Jesus Christ. The only hope that we have today is in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And I hope that you believe that this morning. And in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus also said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of age. Amen. Just as you believe that Jesus is the only way, I pray that you understand that Jesus also said, for me and you to do what? Go. We can't just stay here in church. I'm preaching the gospel here in church, but you know what? I have no fear of anybody getting up there and saying, Heresy! Shut up! Because I have deacons and I have guys that have things in their pockets that they'll knock you in the head with if you disagree with me. Try me. I'm joking. My, Jim Gray may, though, so watch him. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's okay because people ain't going to disagree with us in here. We can sing out here. We can sing in here. We can preach in here. We can share our testimony here. And we're, we're comfortable in here. But Jesus tells us to do what? Go. Not stay, but go. And what we get to do today is we get to go outside the walls of the church and we get to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Christ died, he was buried, and uh, he rose again the third day according to the scriptures so that we would not have to perish, but that we could have everlasting life. Um, we would rather stay than go. In the Tower of Babel, they would rather stay than go. But God told them not to stay, but to go. 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ um, rose from the grave and the church started there in Jerusalem, there was almost five or 6,000 at a time that at, the, at the end of that those 50 days that were saved and they were enjoying church together as a young church they were they were thriving together but Jesus is here telling them to go into the uttermost parts of the world but they were not wanting to go because they were happy where they were at even though they were a minority in Jerusalem they still had seven or eight thousand people who agreed with them and they felt comfortable right there with them so what happened is this God sent persecution to Jerusalem and what happened when that persecution hit it scattered the believers throughout the whole entire world and it scattered them so far that 
40 years ago in Meads Branch, Kentucky, a, a nine-year-old boy heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and got gloriously saved in Meads Branch, Kentucky. How in the world did it get from Jerusalem to Meads Branch? The answer is that the Jews got scattered and it got all the way to me and to you. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me share something today is this. The church can't stay in this building. The church has to get up here in a minute and go outside. And we have to take the gospel with us. 76% of people who come to church was asked to come. The majority of people don't accidentally just show up at church. It's not how it happens. Every now and then it happens that way. 30 years ago, I bought a bar. Has anybody ever bought a bar? I bought four bars in my lifetime. Um, you're saying, oh, goodness gracious, where's this going, brother? <laughs> well, we're going to get a liquor license here in Louisa. <laughs> Pay us building off, you know what I'm saying? Um, I bought bars. Why? Because I was not legally allowed to build a church. It was not given me the privilege of doing that. So we would purchase a bar and um, turn it into a church and that's how a lot of you all came to our churches in those bars and helped us build them um, one of them I bought and uh, had church in it the first week and uh, had a big two board sign out front and a lot of you all don't know what two board is but that's German beer is what that is a big, big fancy um, sign on front of the church usually not what church signs look like you know what I'm saying but um, we was preaching there that first Sunday, and, um, and I, I still didn't know Romanian very well. My wife was translating for me, so I was speaking in English, and she was, pre she was translating in Romanian. And someone opened the front, slung open the front door of the church. And I was, me and Emma was the only one who could see her. Everybody else's back was to her. And her eyes got that big. And she was so stunned. She's probably about a 30-year-old lady. And she couldn't do nothing but just sit down. And I'm glad we were not, they were not good Baptists because back in Romania, everybody sits up front. Nobody sits in the back. Not like Americans. Um, but she sat down because there was an empty seat right there. And she heard the gospel message. I preached the truth of who Jesus Christ was. And the only hope of salvation was not in ourselves, but in Jesus Christ. I gave an invitation. She sat there and did not know what to do. But she never got up. We dismissed church. She never got up. She sat right there. And after church, awkwardly, you know, he's like, hey, <laughs> you doing all right? You know what I'm saying? Um, what's up, you know? And she's like, I lost everything. And I was coming home to the village to admit to my mom and dad that I failed. That I have nothing. I'm an alcoholic. And I'm a horrible mistake of a person. And the only place I had to go was back to mom. And I got off the train, and before I left this village, I got drunk in this bar. 
And she said, the only way I thought I could ever face my mom again is if I got drunk again. So I came back to that same bar and I sat down and it's a church. And she said, I heard today what I needed to hear. You know, she accidentally came to church. I wish that that happened like 12 times a day. But it don't always happen that way. You know what 76% of the time has to happen? The church has to go and bring people to God's house. To invite people to God's house. To share the gospel outside of the church. I know it's a lot easier for me and you to stay. But God didn't tell us to stay. He told us to go. And I don't know if that might end you up in ten buck two. That might end you up in, in Romania. That might end you up on Lackey Avenue or Bird Hayes Manor or Mage Branch or home in your own house. But me and you need to be ready to listen to God and go. Because this morning, I want to share this with you. You're either standing in need of hearing about Jesus Christ and what he's done for you, or you're standing in need of telling somebody about Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. You're in one of those shots right there. You're in one of those pictures. Where are you at, brother? If you need Jesus, come today. And if you need to tell people about Jesus, go today. Do that which Christ has told you to do. Listen and obey. Lord God, we ask today that if there be somebody here this morning who has yet to believe upon you, that today would be the day of salvation and they put their trust in you. Because, Lord, we know they're not good enough. And, Lord, we know that they don't, they don't know, they don't think that they can leave you completely out of their life. They need you. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, may you convict them today. And Lord, us believers, Lord, we've heard your message. But I'd ask, Lord, today that you would allow us to say, here I am, send me, Lord. That we could be the one who takes this message to the uttermost parts of this world. Lord, we want your will to be done, Lord, today. In Jesus' precious name we do pray. Amen.